Welcome back to Everyday Economics, the podcast that helps you learn about the economic world happening around you every day. I'm your host, Chris Krug, president of the 501c3 nonprofit, nonpartisan Franklin News Foundation. Everyday Economics is a production of America's Talking Network. You can listen to all of our podcasts at americastalking.com. To support Everyday Economics, please make your tax-deductible charitable contribution by clicking the link in the show description. We're recording this episode on Friday, September 1st, and joining me, Dr. Orfe Divangi, my friend, my partner, and PhD economist, Dr. O. So PCE comes in, you know, I mean, we've got our numbers for July now. Of course, this is September 1st, and 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 so we've got a, you know, the, the data has arrived. Let's start off with that data. I'll turn it over to you. Walk us through the numbers. Tell us what it means. I got a couple of questions for you then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, the I think some people might have overreacted a little bit when they saw the PCE numbers. And uh, uh, so core PCE increased, uh, uh, annual increase in core, we saw an annual increase in core PCE from 4.1% in June to 4.2%, clearly still more than double the average uh, Federal Reserve target of 2%. Then you have annual growth in the headline PCE price index increasing to 3.3% in July from 3% in June. So clearly an increase, right, on an annual basis. But when you look at the month-over-month numbers, you realize that actually price growth has been steady, you know, increased at 0.2% in July, 0.2% in June. And that was true for both headline PCE and core PCE. Uh, and if you look at core prices, uh, well, they advanced at a 2.9% annualized rate over the past three months. And so this essentially is a good PCE report in the sense that we did not get a reacceleration like some were uh, jumping out there to say, you know, yes, this inflation kind of stalls, right? It's stuck at 0.2% month over month, but it's headed, it's still headed in the right direction, right? We don't have this turnaround that some uh, pundits are out there claiming. We just have, a, you know, it's just slower to get, you know, from where we are right now to where we need to be. And, uh, but ultimately, look, you know, why why did we see the, the uptake, right, what was part of the last year's numbers playing into the annual 12-month change? But also, you know, we're seeing, you look at the, the personal consumption expenditures, you're seeing an uptake in consumer spending this summer, uh, along with a decrease in the personal savings rate. So people did spend quite a bit uh, this summer, uh, but it's likely to be short-lived. Uh, and it's likely to be short-lived because you're seeing it in the labor market. Uh, tighter financial conditions are likely or are, are not are, are causing the labor market to slow, to cool. And income growth, right? You look at income growth, income growth has also cooled uh, substantially. And so I don't expect this uptick in spending to be uh, to be something we're going to continue to see going forward. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of the consumer's last hurrah. It's, uh, you know, things are slowing, but people are enjoying the summer. That, I, I appreciate that take. And that's an, that's an interesting one. Um, it, I mean, would you, from this, from the data, be able to, to form an opinion around this question? And if the answer is no, then, then just punt it and we'll, we'll move on. 
are we living beyond our means right now? You know, just in in the overall economy. I ask that question because observationally, I don't see as much pain as I would assume you might see in in you know in a scenario such as the one that we've gone through, where prices shot up. I mean, we had. You know, we had inflation that was, you know, measured at, at, at like, what was it? Almost 10% in the first year run up after we overstimulated the economy. And now we're stair stepping up. We're, we're happy that we're only seeing increases in the 3% range. Whereas, you know, the Federal Reserve would prefer to keep us at 2%. Are we going to fall off a cliff on the spending side here? I asked this, you know, with the other fact that's laying in the background that you and I have talked recently within the last month about how much credit debt the country has and how banks have actually extended additional levels of credit. People are starting to owe more. And you just said that we you know we're sort of burning cash right now. So what does that lead us to? Look, yeah, I mean, when I thought about this, uh, the first thing I did was look at the delinquency rate on consumer loans. And the delinquency rate on consumer loans is still below <laughs> pre-pandemic levels. It's increasing. It's increased a lot in the last couple of years, uh, right? We have a rapid increase in uh, interest rates. We got tighter uh, lending standards, all that stuff. Uh, but ultimately, it's only just returning to its pre-pandemic level. So with that said, I think the consumer is still in good shape. You know, savings are dwindling for sure, but the consumer is still in good shape. And that's what allows the consumer to take a break from saving and go out and have some fun this summer. Uh, that's what's showing up in the data. Now, going forward, I think uh, fiscally, at, le- at least as a country, we need to take a, a hard look at our, at our budgets because fiscal deficits are uh, expected to increase in 2023, increase again in 24, increase again in 25. And really, we're, um, we're getting into a, uh, to a point where we're like, you know, def- deficits in ex- projected by the Congressional Budget Office, anywhere between 6 and 7% of GDP is is just crazy. It's nothing we've ever seen, at least uh, I don't think I've seen, at least as an adult. We're in trouble. I think we need to right the ship uh, when it comes to uh, uh, fiscal deficits. Some, some people, some people will say, well, you know, government needs to Cut, cut its spending. Others are saying, well, we can't really cut the spending because our population's aging and we have more dependence, uh, fewer workers, more dependence, and, you know, uh, that gonna, that are going to need uh, help from the government, right? We've got Social Security that's been on the wrong path for a long time. And then you have people are saying, well, because we can't cut, cut government spending, we should raise taxes. We should uh, unwind the Trump tax cuts. We should, right? And so there's all of this, uh, this, uh, you know, this debate. I think we're going to hear more and more about this, uh, this debate as as we progress, uh, because the increase in fiscal deficits is likely going to show up in inflation and and higher interest rates. Uh, and so, I, I, this is pre- precisely why I expect the Fed not to be. Uh, cutting anytime soon. Even if we see things moving in the right direction, I don't think the Fed will cut anytime soon because 
there's still that pressure on the fiscal side mm-hmm. uh, that could actually cause inflation to uh, to research. Thanks for uh, the insights, as always. For Orfe Debungi, this has been Chris Krug. Subscribe to Everyday Economics and dozens of other podcasts at americastalking.com. <laughs>